What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hardworking Happy Hour. I am Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we will be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. All three of those things? All of them, yeah. I oh, think so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's going to be exciting today. We do actually have three different topics that we want to touch on today. Yeah. I got audited this bag. week. You, you got audited? I got audited. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. news to me. No, it's not. Stop <laughs> lying to our audience. You knew about it. That's why I, I was did. late I did. to work on Wednesday. I did, yeah. Got audited by the feds. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, maybe the state. It was the state, yeah. It was the state. The things uh, hit the state of New Jersey. Unemployment audit. Yeah. So first time for that. Mm-hmm. Been audited for uh, insurance purposes. You do those audits every yeah. year with the carrier. but uh, You're not in jail, though, so I assume it went well. No, uh, they have introduced a new work release thing that they're pretty lenient uh. about, which is great. Now, <laughs> it went pretty well, but it was uh, it was my first time getting audited, so it was an eye-opening experience, and we'll get Correct. into the uh, pros and cons of getting audited. <laughs> <laughs> really, how to what to what to uh. have in mind to make sure that if you do get audited, it goes as smoothly as possible, and yeah. uh, you how to don't safeguard go to yourself, jail. maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd All right. Say well. So. Before we get into such a heavy topic. Well, that's only that's only one thing. Oh, right. There's three. There's okay, three sorry. things. Continue. I've also been doing a lot of reading. I don't know if we've talked about that. My books? goals reading books. Okay. Uh, mostly listening. Audiobooks. Mm-hmm. But uh, two very interesting ones recently. One on negotiating from an FBI hostage negotiator, which obviously mm-hmm. that directly correlates to everyday life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... You can work that in anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. Everything's <laughs> life or death if you just believe it to be so. Um, but really interesting stuff there on negotiating. And then mm-hmm. also revisited an old favorite, which is How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is good probably one. my favorite book. Yep. And uh, just a really good refresher on that that I thought it would be good to go over some of those things. Yeah. For ourselves and for our listeners. I love that. So, I haven't read that book in a while, so I would love a, a good refresher on it. It's and as also I said one of my previously, you can do just that. Correct. It is at your It is at my disposal. disposal. It's right. It lives on my nightstand, actually. It lives it's, there? I just look at it every day. Yeah. yeah. That's where it lives. I wish that it did on mine as well. I do have several books on my nightstand, but uh, that was one of those books that I let somebody borrow. Never said, got it back. Oh, I'll give it right back when I'm mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe do you want to call that person out right now? Yeah, Mike Casey. <laughs> Mike Casey. How dare you, Mike Casey? Yeah. You know what? Now, actually, I think about it, that I, my grandmother gave me that book. She did. Oh, bad karma for Mike Casey. Mike Casey, you're going down. <laughs> I hope he listens to this. I haven't seen him in a while. Old friend. Old friend. And it was just his birthday. So, uh, ah. you know what? Since I'm, I'm in a good mood. Yeah. Mike, it's your birthday present. You keep it. <laughs> You've had it for like 12 years. You just keep it now. All right, moving on. We're getting, we're, we're getting a little squirrely already. We're starting this episode We're starting squirrely. a little squirrely. I love that energy. Uh, so what do we got to drink? Oh, I'm excited about this. You're drinking a Red Bull, but... Yes, that's just uh, my pregame for what we're drinking. Okay. I got pumpkin head beer because it's fall now. So I was like yeah. in the liquor store. All, I feel like all the seltzers are like fruity and poolside and summery. Yep. Saw pumpkins. I was like, gotta have that. Love that. And it is getting to be that time of year when it's getting a little bit cooler out. (laughs) I am trapped. There we go. Okay. And uh, so I recently made the switch back to pants. Yeah. And I was pretty committed on that. (laughs) It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. It hasn't been so hot that I have regretted it immensely. But today I decided, you know what? Let me wear a hoodie. Yeah. And for some reason, I stuck with that decision all day, even though I, <laughs> I had a T-shirt on underneath, and it was very hot. Yeah. I think it got up to 80 degrees, and I was just walking around with a hoodie on like an absolute psychotic animal. Yeah. So That's an interesting, bold choice. It was, but uh, I don't regret it. I'm just no. excited for fall. I'm excited for hoodie weather. Yeah. I saw a meme today that said something like, uh, the weather went from 90 to 55 like it just passed a cop. And I was like, that's... <laughs> I like that, and that's also, it feels like that's what it did. Mm-hmm. It got so cold. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, this tastes like a pumpkin. Does it? Is it good? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it very much. I don't know. I'm going to give it another shot. It wasn't what I expected. What do you think? Oh, 
a little weird. <laughs> it's a little weird. It's a little. It's just. It tastes like I'm eating mm. pumpkin pie and drinking a beer at the same yeah. time. <laughs> that's that's pretty much exactly what. That's it pretty like. much exactly what's happening. Yeah. Um, we should do that next week and then compare it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, hey. People love the pumpkin stuff. I you beer's know. Beer's a beer, you know. Yeah. And it's and it's Friday. Happy Friday. Ah, all right. Okay. Back to audits. Back to audits. Back to audits. Should I just break down the whole experience? Talk about how it started, yeah. Okay, so it started, uh, well, I started a business, 2015, <laughs> all the way back then. No, so what happens is they send you a letter in the mail. Yeah. And they say, you're getting an audit. Mm-hmm. And this is from the state labor department, I guess. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an unemployment audit. So basically they go through your payroll, they go through all that stuff, mm-hmm. and they start out by sending you a letter to your home. Yep. You know, your safe place. They send yeah, it to your... right to your... You know, I guess if you didn't have a home office, they'd probably send it to your office. Yeah, maybe. I have a home office, so they send it to the office, which is also my home. <laughs> God, how intrusive. Uh, <laughs> so they send you a letter and they say, you have been randomly selected for an audit. I do and like how the letter was worded. It was like, you may have been randomly selected or you did something wrong and you were selected, but... We won't tell you. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's up to you to figure yeah, out. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, and they say we're coming on this date at this time, and there's nothing that you can do about it. Yeah. We'll see you then. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's basically what happened. They give you a, a whole list of, of documents that you should have at the ready. Mm-hmm. Um, guess what? You weren't prepared for that part? I didn't have any of those documents, really. <laughs> what? So we use an online payroll system. I knew that I could access them online. And I'm yeah. like, am I really going to print out like 100 pieces of paper for this lady? I could probably just pull it up on the screen. For the most part, that worked pretty well. Yeah. Um, now, what did I learn from it? What did you learn from what it? What did I learn from having Joni in my house for three hours? <laughs> uh, Were you guys like buds by the end of it? Like, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah we talked about it a lot. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Definitely. Nice. Uh, there was one like extended... 10 to 12 minute period where neither of us could stop sneezing and it was extremely (laughs) awkward. We just kept saying, God bless you back and forth for like 10 to 12 minutes. Why? um, In the silence of my kitchen. (laughs) Why were you sneezing so much? I don't know. Allergies. Both of you? Yeah. Weird. (laughs) It was, it was very strange. Um, So yeah, that was fun. What were your lessons? Lessons were, lessons were, I am so glad that we outsource all of our payroll and our bookkeeping and tax filings and all that kind of stuff because uh, a lot of the stuff I didn't have documents of. So each quarter there's a 941, there's a 927, there's a WR30. There's all these forms that have to get submitted every quarter and there's also annual ones, there's monthly ones. It's, It's all over the place. It's insane. Nobody can keep up with it except for people that do payroll all the time. So yeah. I'm really glad that we have a payroll service because uh, I needed those forms. She was like, I need the 927 from quarter two. And I was like, uh, I don't know where that's at. I don't know how to get that. Let me call my accountant. Called him up. I said, hey, Ken. I was actually talking to his daughter, Becca. And she said, okay, what do you need? Okay, sounds good. Boom, five minutes later, had it all emailed to me, had all the documents. So shout out to them. Ken Gertie. Love that. How do you do, like, like I saw the list of things that they said they were they might look at, which yeah. they gave you that. Yeah. But then if it's, like, that specific, like, what if your accountant didn't answer? Then what do you do? Well, I think that's why they give it to you, so that you have it ready beforehand. But you're supposed to pull, like, it didn't say, like, what year or what quarter no, said, or anything. No, it said 2021. Should have Oh, you should all just have stuff. everything for 2021. I guess, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I didn't really give it a, a thorough comb through until the night before. Yeah. And I was a little bit tired. Mm-hmm. So I gave it like a full comb through morning of. Yep. Um, payroll stuff is on Sarah's computer. Yeah. <laughs> I waited to try to sign into the payroll service right before she was about to leave. Like as she was trying to leave. And she was like, what are you doing with my computer? I need it. I was like, just one second. <laughs> she was like, you've had a month to prepare for this. I literally had to leave right now. And um, so, yeah, uh, I was glad that Ken was uh, at the ready. Yeah. I called them and they sent over all the forms that I needed. And she went through all of them. And yeah, that was that was kind of it. I was, I was really shocked at how thorough it was. She yeah. went through... Not only the quarterly 
tax filings for payroll. She went through the full year uh, business tax return, went through all that, and then also went through the weekly payroll uh, summaries for every paycheck that was put through payroll. And she basically, she said, I can either do a total weekly summary, and I guess she adds all that up and makes sure that it correlates with the number that's on your WR30s and and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Or she was like, I can just track one employee throughout the entire year and then make sure it's all good. So she did that, and uh, I guess it was all good. I guess it all added up to a, a, a good number. Yeah. Uh because we have that payroll service. If we didn't have a payroll service and I was doing this on my own, I, I'm one thousand percent sure that I would just be like, uh, <laughs> I, I, Joni, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. <sighs> didn't do that. For that, I apologize. I would be doing a lot of that because, like, I still didn't know, but I could just call my accountant and he handles the payroll uh, through another service. He like outsources it, so. But I could call him and say, hey, I need I need these documents. They do all the tax filings and boom, send it over to me right away. Uh, they also needed 1099s. So they sent over all that document stuff and uh, I was good to go. And I think really the purpose of it, which people should be really cautious of in New Jersey, at least, they're really cracking down on the fact of having somebody as a W-2 employee versus having a 1099 subcontractor. So um, we use very few subs, but Mm -hmm. they wanted license numbers. They wanted uh, addresses for your subcontractors. They wanted all this information so that they could verify this isn't really like an employee. Like this is another business that you're hiring because if you just 1099, which should be like a normal W-2 employee and you're trying to get out of those payroll taxes, they would have found it and you would have had to back pay all those taxes plus interest. No good. You don't want to do that. Yeah. So be cautious of that because I know a lot of people in this industry like to 1099 their employees and they think that they're getting out of paying payroll taxes and they're like, nah, it's all good. They're, you know, I 1099 them. It's fine. It's not, and I know New Jersey and many other states are really cracking down on that. So mm. be careful. Yeah, good to know. Yeah, you don't want Joni knocking on your door and saying, give me more money. So Joni didn't find anything? You're all good? Well, she did, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I had to pay about $4,000. Oh. Yeah. So uh, essentially, as the business owner, there is like a threshold uh, that you have to pay yourself through payroll. Mm -hmm. So as the owner, you can get paid a certain amount through payroll and you can also take distributions, which are reported on your Schedule K, I believe, uh, on your taxes because we have an S-Corp here. Mm -hmm. So there's a certain amount that you have to uh, pay yourself through payroll to pay unemployment, Social Security, all that kind of stuff um, as the owner. And I think in like 2000. 18 or 2019, I didn't meet that threshold. Uh, I think I only paid myself through payroll, uh, like 30,000 and you had to pay yourself like 50,000. So it dinged me with that. From that long ago? Yeah. They went back to 2018. Jeez. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. Joni. Joni's thorough. Joni is thorough. So what happened was I think I didn't have like one of the documents she needed for 2021. And mm-hmm. I don't think it was a big deal, but she was like, since you don't have this one document, um, I need to elaborate our search all the way back to 2018. Uh. Oh, come on. I thought we were almost <laughs> done. I got to get back to work. So um, overall, not too bad. Yeah. I owe the the state government $4,000 now, but uh, lesson learned. Could have been could have been way worse. Could have been worse, yeah. Could have been way worse. And um, yeah, learned a lot from the audit process. It really made me thankful uh, that I do have services for this. And it and it just, it's something that we talk about a lot. If you don't know what you're doing, outsource it, uh, delegate it, get a get a qualified professional to do it. And I'm glad that I have that. Yeah. So. Did you um, did you ask her why you were randomly selected or if there was a reason? Uh, no, I didn't actually. Didn't? No. Hmm. no. On the paper, it said that you could ask your auditor. Yeah. And At I that was point, curious. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really, uh, I think it was just random. I don't know. Mm. You know what it probably was? What? She's definitely a fan of the YouTube. 
She probably just wanted to meet me. Probably. Probably. probably that's probably what it not. was. Probably definitely that. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was that was an exciting uh, <clears throat> exciting thing. Yeah. I'm ready for I'm ready for it to happen again. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Hopefully, it doesn't. But they said I, I have at least three years until it happens again. Until I'm randomly selected. Sounds like they're planning on randomly selecting me again in three years. Wait, you you have until three years? Like, within the next three years, they're going to select you again? Or no. you mean they won't for <laughs> they three won't. years? They won't. You have oh, okay. at least three years until they can select you again. Okay. So, yeah, Every a lot three learned years. on that. Got it. Every three years. Yeah. <laughs> something, to, something to think about there. Yeah. But it's over. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us, Sean. That was <laughs> thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for listening, honestly. It means a lot. It means uh, a lot. All right. Well... What else? What else? Yeah. More? Mm-hmm. I just spilled out my whole soul and heart on this audit story. <laughs> no, I think we're good on auditing. We're, oh, we're, <laughs> we're good on the audit. Okay. Uh, I've been reading some some absolutely excellent books. Yeah. Some excellent books that have sparked so much interest and curiosity within my tiny brain. And uh, mm. which one which one should we start with? The negotiating? Uh, yeah, let's start with that. Okay. Because that's new. Yeah. So uh, To me. This is a book that I heard about. I've heard about a lot. Uh, I think I heard them maybe on a podcast at some point. It's by a former FBI hostage negotiator, and it's called Never Split the Difference. Okay. So, What's the author's name? Chris Voss. Okay. Yeah. Pretty, pretty boss name. I like that. Boss Voss? Boss Voss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's it's another one of those books that is like, you know, sort of hyperbole to an yeah. extent. It's like, you know, it's like the Jocko Willink books where it's like, this is what happened in war. And this is how a war zone is exactly like a business room. <laughs> it's like, you can take, you know, correlations and, yeah. and stuff like that, but it, it it's a bit of hyperbole. I okay. mean, some of the stuff, you know, that is literally life and death and, mm-hmm. you know, negotiating a business exchange is not usually life or death so right um you want to learn about it i do yeah yeah i want to know what the tactics are what the tactics are (laughs) are you are you doing the tactics right now am i doing the tactics right now are they so ingrained into your your everyday life now because you've read this book sounds like you are a very inquisitive person (laughs) Does Boss Voss have a hold on you? <laughs> so what I just did there was demonstrate two of the techniques that they talk about pretty much almost the entire book. And that's mirroring and labeling. So okay. um, I, I did share share those techniques with you earlier, in, earlier when I was reading the book. And I'm not entirely convinced on their effectiveness, but basically... I like the I like the thinking behind it. It's yeah. basically what you want to do in a negotiation or any type of, you know, uh, business decision that you're trying to come to with uh, a counterpart is you want to be somebody that's listening. You want to mm-hmm. be the person that's just gathering as much information as possible. Um, you know, it's not like a you versus them situation. You want to understand where they're coming from and what you really want is you want to figure out a win-win situation. So by doing things like mirroring, which is that first technique, I just repeat the last couple things that she says in a upward inflection. You want to demonstrate again? <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, Sean, I, I really have this proposition I'm excited for, for you to listen to. Uh, do you have any interest in hearing it? Do I have any interest in hearing it? Yeah, I think you're really going to like it. Um, I think it would be beneficial for both of our parties if we, you know, take the time to, to discuss it. Hmm. Beneficial for both of us? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's going to be, you know, I want to make money, you want to make money. Let's work together on something. It sounds like you've really thought this through pretty well. I have, yeah. I've, I've put a lot of thought into it, and I really <laughs> came to the conclusion. Boom, there you go. Again, <laughs> mirroring and labeling. Uh, so by mirroring, you know, I think... <laughs> It's, it's hard to really gauge the effectiveness of it when you're doing it with somebody that knows that you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you can kind of see how it does work a little bit. Like you say. Yeah, it just gets I have people a, to talk more. Exactly. And the more that you can get them to explain what their side of it is, the mm-hmm. more you can understand what should my 
reaction or my, you know, counter proposal be? Yeah. You want to figure out like what what is it that they really want out of this, you know? Uh-huh. So I think that that was that was really uh interesting yeah. to read about. Yeah. And the other tactic that I was just doing there was labeling. So Yeah, we actually didn't really talk about that one. Talk about what does that even mean? Labeling. What does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) So we're going back to mirroring. What does that mean? So that means basically you do a combination of those two things. You you do the mirroring. You get Mm -hmm. you get information out of them, and Mm -hmm. then based on what they say, you make a educated guess about really what they think about themselves. Like you want to say something about them that they probably want to hear about themselves. Like you said, Uh, I have this business proposal for you and I think we can both benefit from this a lot. And I say, both benefit from this? And then you explain it a little bit more. And then I say, sounds like you've really thought this through pretty well. Now I'm labeling and you're saying, you know what, damn right, I have thought this through. You're going to continue. You're going to get a sense that, wow, this person gets it. They understand where I'm coming from. This isn't, you know, a foe. This is a, a counterpart. This We're is, on the same page. We want to get to a place where it's a cooperative effort to get to a place mm. where we both win. Okay. Yep. I like that. How many um, hostages hostages did this man successfully negotiate? Does he say that in the book? Yeah, most of them died, actually. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just curious what his success rate is to write a book about it. Did he say uh, that? You know, or was that not mentioned? <laughs> it actually was not mentioned, no. Um <laughs> It sounded like most of the time uh, they were released. It, it was very interesting, though, because you don't really think about, like, you know, you hear a case, like, the thing that I thought about was, like, you hear about people robbing a bank and, and taking hostages, and that was mm-hmm. a couple of the examples in the book. Okay. But also, like, there's places in the world where, like, that's just, like, everyday business. Like, people, like, gangs and, yeah. and you know, cartels, like... They do that as just a business transaction. We're in the business of kidnapping people and ransoming, ransoming, ransoming <laughs> them off to try to gain monies. Okay. And it happens a lot. So, uh, like the local governments or, you know, federal governments of, I think one of them was like in Haiti or something like that. They'll ask for the assistance of the FBI. Somebody like him would coach the person that's going to negotiate with the hostage takers. So sometimes okay. they're the ones that are directly on the phone with the hostage taker, or sometimes they are coaching somebody that is going to be talking to the hostage taker. Okay, okay. But I thought the host. Why is the host? They're stealing. They're <laughs> stealing what? They're like in war. I get it because then you would be talking to the government. Yes. Or whatever, because you stole somebody during war. Stole somebody? Kidnapped? Whatever the word is. Stole me. Stole me. Um. But, like, in a non-war time, then aren't you just ransoming, like, another person? You're not ransoming the government. So how does the negotiator get involved in that case? I think what it is... So, yeah, I think you're right. I think the person that would be the hostage negotiator in that setting would be... Like, okay, imagine Pat got taken hostage. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. What are you going to do? Are you going to just negotiate directly to them? Are you going to call the police? What are you going to do? I guess I would call the police. You'd call the police. If the what police, if they say, don't call the police? They always say that. They always say that. And you know what they also say? <laughs> what? We'll know if you call the police. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you'll have to deal with that that issue on your own. <laughs> Whether you call it. A lot of people probably call the police. Okay. The police get involved and they say, okay, we're going to coach you through. And then those police... Mm, I don't okay, know. There's okay. back channels there where the, eventually the <laughs> FBI guy gets involved and he's coaching people how to negotiate their way out of hostage taking situations. Okay. So basically, I, I, yeah, I like this. Th- I like this theory of like, you know, subtly gaining the upper hand by appearing to be on the same page. Yeah. You want to, you don't want to be combative. Anytime you're in negotiation, you want yeah. to feel like you're there to help them get what they want. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is to listen to them so that you get as much information as possible. And a lot of times, if you do things like that mirroring technique, they're going to kind of repeat themselves, but they're going to use different words. They're going to say yeah. it in a different way that sometimes will like 
really show the true thing that they're after. Yes. You know, yeah. so they might say that they want one thing, but, you know, the more that you question them, listen and understand, there is an underlying reason that you can get to. And that's what you really need to identify so that you can address that with your responses. Okay, so how can people apply this to their business? Should they take their clients hostage? Is that Absolutely. what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the thing that I think you can take from this is to a certain extent, you're in a negotiation with your client, but I think the, the real thing that you can take away from this is the effectiveness of careful listening. Because yeah. I think to a big extent, um, you should have your business in a position where there really isn't any negotiation. You give the price, they say yes or no. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's where we should be. We should be at that point where this is the price. No, there's no negotiating. It's yes or no in a nicer way, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the tactics still benefit from the consultation process, from all of that leading up to it, to getting to a price that you really need to be a good listener to understand what the client really wants. That's like the biggest challenge for a designer is you're trying to get to the core of what this client wants when they're trying to explain it from a point of view that isn't a designer, that doesn't know how this stuff should come together. They don't even Mm -hmm. really know how to express it. So you need to really be good at listening to certain things to figure out what is it that they want from this space? How can I build a space that hits these needs that they kind of don't even fully understand themselves? Okay. You need to do that by listening. Yeah. Okay, I love that. Yeah. So let's try it in a uh, in a in a consultation perspective. Okay. I just come to your house and uh, I'm going to give you a backyard consultation. So, okay. hey, uh, and what's Catherine? Is it? No, Natalie. Natalie, nice yes. to meet you, Natalie. Nice um, to meet you. Where's Catherine? Did you take her hostage? Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, God. I did. I did. She's in the basement. Oh no. I'll be handling this from now on. Uh, uh-huh. So you okay. want to design my backyard? Design your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I need somebody to design my backyard. Are you interested? Am I interested? <laughs> no, so... so <laughs> I think some of, these, some of these techniques don't totally work in this capacity, but... No, I think we're just not into the meat of the conversation. We just, oh, I gotta, wait, to, I gotta wait? Yeah, you gotta wait. Okay, so I'm, I'm thinking... too soon. Yeah, you're too soon. You're coming in too hot with the mirroring. (laughs) I need to get some meat out before. Okay. Okay. So this is what I think that I want. I want, um, I know that I live in New Jersey and it gets really cold here and it gets really hot, but I want to eliminate an entire wall and I want it to be um, a giant bifold door that opens up to a 20 by 20 patio. No, 20 by 20 deck. And because I have a lot of friends come over this one time a year (laughs) and uh, I need room for all of them. What do you think? 20 by 20 deck. Yeah. I have so many friends that come over for my 4th of July party and I really need, um, I need them to feel welcome in my home. So I I need like a giant space to entertain them. Oh, a a really big uh, July 4th blowout? Yeah. Nice. Yep. (laughs) So I think uh, I think if you practice the techniques a little bit more, you can get a little more out of it. But really, I think in this scenario, you don't have to do the mirroring technique, like really just like repeat the last couple words and, and get them to keep talking. I think you yeah. can do that sometimes when it makes sense. Like when you said, I want a 20 by 20 deck and all this stuff. And I say, okay, you want a 20 by 20 deck? Yeah, I think you can add a couple more words. Like you want a 20, 20, 20 by 20 deck? How did you... What made you come to that number? You know, you can keep asking different questions. Mm-hmm. And what I tell people is just just keep talking. Don't worry about, you know, getting your ideas out in any particular order or format. Like, I will cipher through it and I'll ask questions when I need to. But just yeah. throw everything out at me. And you want to just keep the client talking so that you can get a full picture of what their needs are. Yeah. Like that's your job as a designer. So I think 
you can take some of those um, some of those tips from the negotiating, really listening. Mm-hmm. I think is the most important. Um, That's yeah. good advice for all facets of life. Yeah, you should always be a good listener. Yeah, yeah. You know how to become a very interesting person? How? Be interested. Mm. That leads us to our next. I know, because that's from <laughs> perfect segue. How to how to win friends and influence people? Yes, another great, great <laughs> book of just American literature, written yeah. in like 1930 ish. Yeah, still relevant today. Uh, just about human interaction, about how to appeal to people, how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. What do you got on it? What do you got on? Because I know you've read it. It's been a while. It's been a it's little so bit. It's so fresh yeah. on my mind now. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. <laughs> I mean, I think that that's. Yeah, like that if we're talking about negotiations and you don't want to appear to be an enemy, you don't want to come at it at, with a combative nature. Like that's what this entire book is about. You just. Always think in terms of the other person. You Yes. Always thinking in terms of how that, how what you're saying or how you're acting or what you're doing is being perceived by the other person. Yeah. Like that's, that's, I mean. That's like 90% of fights, I feel like, is just the other person mis... Well, no, I don't want to say that the other person is mistaking it, but like how the other person is receiving the information. If you're not saying it in a way that that person knows how to interpret it, then that causes miscommunication. Absolutely. Absolutely does. I think one of the most important things from the book is to really, like, when you are basically coming to somebody and you want something from them, the only way that you're going to get that is by one speaking in terms that apply to them, like yeah. speaking to them as to these are the benefits to you. Cause that's all that they care about. They don't care about your problems or, Oh, work slow or, you know, they don't care. They have their yeah. own problems. They, they could care less. They want to know how is this going to help me? That's what everybody cares yeah. about. At the core, whether they realize it consciously or not, they care about themselves. And that's how you need to approach things. You need to approach things as, how is this going to benefit the person that I am going to? Mm -hmm. Put it in their terms. See it from their perspective. A hundred percent. That's like when you, when you, if you're like meeting with a contractor and you're like, oh, how's your day going? And they're like, oh, I'm just so busy and like, I just can't find the time to do anything. Like, all right, let's get to, you know, chatting or whatever. It's like, yeah, okay, I don't, yeah, get out of here then. I don't yeah. care. Like, I don't, <laughs> Yeah. what do you mean? Like, it'd be so much better if someone came to you and were like, oh, well, I mean, you should just say I'm good. But if you want to talk about how you are and you're busy, you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm really busy. And, and uh, I'm excited to learn about your new project. You know, like that's yeah. what people want to hear. Definitely. And I think it also comes into play when you are asking something like of one of your clients or, you mm-hmm. know, or you want them to do something like, hey, uh, I need you to fill out this form because I'm too busy. I'm very busy. You need to fill out this form. We kind of do that. Like to an extent you have to fill out the form to, to get in contact with us. But oh, yeah. if you are talking to like a client that you're already engaged with or working on and you need them to do a certain thing to not hold you up, like they were going to pick out uh, ceiling fans, for example, and you need them to finalize the decision, pick it out. You can't just go, hey, this is going to hold us up. Like, we have other jobs to get to. I need you to come to a decision. You know, you can word it in a way that acknowledges that they're busy too. Say, hey, I hate to bother you. I know you have so much going on. Um, Just wondering if you had time to pick out those ceiling fans yet. Mm -hmm. And then you can put your point of view across. Like, once you, like, disarm them and say, hey, I'm sorry to bother you. I know you're super busy. Hate to even, you know interject with with this question i'm sure it's the last mm-hmm. thing you want to think about but hey did you have a chance to think about those ceiling fans um you know we really want to get this installed and get this finished up for you and we don't want to have any delays because you know i know you have enough going on you want this to be out of your hair as soon as possible put it in that perspective you're much more likely to get the result that you want which is mm-hmm. the client makes their decision lets you know so that you can continue if you go at them like Hey, um, look, you need to make the decision on these fans. I have another job to get to. If you delay this decision one day, that's one day that it's slowing us down and I can't get to the next job. What mm-hmm. am I supposed to do? 
they're probably like, I don't care. <laughs> That's great. Wow. We're okay. all busy. Yeah, okay. we're all busy. <laughs> a lot of our clients are also business owners or very busy professionals. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you come at it like that, like your, uh, you know, rush is more, impor- more important than their busyness. That puts them instantly on the defensive. Like, right. all right, I get it. I get it, Sean. Yeah, you're busy. Yeah, we all are. Okay, lay off me. Yeah. So you really can be mindful of how you present things to people. It's a good way to go about things. Yeah, that's true. And no one wants to, uh, just an idea. Something to think about. <laughs> Something to think about. Something to think about. There you go. Um, yeah, no one, if you attack people with your language or if you sound some sort of like, accusatory or just come at people brashly you're never gonna get the response that you want no one ever like reacts to brashness with being like oh wow like okay yeah let me step to it and do that thing you want it's always like no dude like get out of my face why are you like that's always going to be the response so if you want a good response to your ask it's gonna have to be in some sort of nice understanding calm language and the thing that one of the things I really like about the book is it is a very old book. So a lot of the yeah. examples are about like Andrew Carnegie and Charles Schwab and yeah. Rockefeller. And it's like all these people from history, like, you know, of these amazing success stories um, that were really like pioneers in the industrial revolution and in big industry. Yeah. And you realize that like the things that made them so good at what they did were really their people skills. Yeah. Like, I think it's Andrew Carnegie, his gravestone says, here lies a person who had the skill of attracting people around him that were more clever than he or something like that. Like, he looked at himself as never the smartest person around. He felt like he could assemble really smart, talented people around him that knew more than him. Yeah. And he was just a really good people person. And he knew how to interact with people and how to, like, appeal to the side of them that will get them to do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Like he did that intentionally. He wanted to yeah. surround himself with people who were more knowledgeable on things than yeah. him. Yeah. And it's that books by Dale Carnegie. Do you think he's, I didn't put that together. Do you think they're related? I don't know. I never <laughs> thought of that either. Oh yeah. This is weird. I never thought of that. I don't think so. <laughs> no, but maybe probably. they didn't mention it. So maybe not. Yeah. He wasn't like my grandpa. Oh, Paul, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if he was related, I would probably take everything with a grain of salt. Probably, this is made <laughs> yeah. up. Paul, Paul just told you that. And probably just, you know, beat everybody. But uh, there's just so many, like, cool examples of, you know, how to get people to do little things. Like, mm-hmm. one of the examples was in one of Carnegie's steel mills. Like, people were, and these these are all, you know, Maybe these stories really happened. Maybe they didn't. But there was a group of workers smoking in the factory right underneath a no smoking sign. So instead of going up to them and like reprimanding them and saying, hey, you're standing right underneath the sign. What are you doing? Go outside. Instead, he got like four nice cigars from his office, came down and said, hey, I know you guys are really busy and, you know, you guys are doing a great job, always working so hard. Here are some nice cigars. Why don't you go outside and, and take a break and, and, you know, smoke these. And, hey, if you don't mind, you know, maybe next time try to try to smoke outside. You know, instead of going and reprimanding right away, you say, okay, you know, that's not going to get me anywhere. That's yeah. just going to make them resent me. That's going to make them probably want to do it more. You know? Yeah. It's kind of like dealing with kids. Kind of, yeah. Teenagers. Exactly. They want to rebel. I'm going to crank coons wherever I want to crank coons. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's just, a, I think... An excellent book that everybody should read. I think everybody should read it, regardless of what you do. I but agree. I think it's, it should be like required reading in high school. I feel like that I would be a, so, that would be yeah. a good point for the human psyche to take in that information. I think so, but you know what the downside to that is? Superhuman. No, I wouldn't have read it. I didn't oh. read anything they told me to read in high school. <laughs> yeah, that is that's, that's a solid true. point. That is a so, good point. Um. Yeah, I just think, especially in the trades, the type of business that really any business that you run, you know, you have clients to deal with, you have employees to deal with, you have vendors to deal with. There's so many people that you deal with that you should really look at that as a skill to get better at dealing with people. Yeah, 100%. So I think the trades kind of have this like um, this 
uh, reputation of like the people being rough around the edges. Like I feel yeah. like I and I I'm guilty of this too. Like someone will be like, oh, More do you know like I am yeah. I am very rough around the edges. But like I'll re- they'll, they'll be like, do you know a roofer? And I'll be like, yes, I have this great guy. He he does amazing work. A little rough around the edges. <laughs> Just a warning. But that happens all the time, you know. Like it does. Roofers. <laughs> they live forever just be rough around the edge. You got to be rough around the edge to be a roofer. It's so hot up there on the, you know. I get it. Roof. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just, you know. It is a thing, though. It is definitely a thing that. Uh, I just have one. Yeah. yeah. One person. In, it, in When I said roofers, I had one person. I think I'm thinking of the same person, probably. You think? <laughs> I had a co- Yes, you are. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, I had a conversation with my mom and I was like. And my mom is like the opposite of rough around the edges. She's she like so sweet, smooth around the edges, whatever the equivalent <laughs> of that is. Very sweet, sweet woman. So I had to be like a little rough around the edges, but he does smooth great around work. the edges. Just sounds weird. <laughs> it did sound weird. <laughs> that yeah, sounds weird. Okay, but something. But about. yeah, so I feel like that. I think that generally speaking, people in the trades get that like rough around the edges kind of reputation. Yeah. And good people skills would be a great way to, you know, just smooth out those edges. Absolutely. Get your edges smoothed. <laughs> Get your edges smoothed out. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, and it's just interesting because like everything, there's so many things that are looked at as a skill to be improved, to be worked on, to be practiced. But people skills like just aren't something that you hear about, like, you know, practicing and techniques to get better at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is interesting because everything revolves around dealing with other people. In every industry, yeah, in every pretty much every day, yeah. So, I love that book. It's so good, so it's, good. It's a must read. It's definitely a sure. must read, must listen to. I'm actually listening to it second time back to back, just to really soak it all in because I, I really enjoy it. You do that a lot. You like I to do. read back to back. I like to, yeah, because you know, then you're already like, I just feel like you, it's fresh enough, obviously, because you just listened to it. But mm-hmm. it's like I don't know. You get, you get a lot more out of it, I think, because you already kind of have a framework of what they're saying at that point. You yeah. know, you kind of remember, oh, I remember this story. And then you pick up a little little details. I think it's cool. Yeah. It's helpful to me. I like that. Yeah. So. I need to get back into the audio books. I've been reading paper books. and uh, <laughs> Paper books? What is this? Like 1410? A- <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. God. I have been slacking on my audiobook consumption. Yeah. I can't wait till you can just download them into your brain. Into your brain. Yeah. That yeah. Be That'll be, so, be fast. so nice. I think we talked about that enough. And your people skills, how to win friends, how to influence people. It's going to have to be a journey of your own. There's only so much that we can teach you. Mm-hmm. Read the book. Yeah. And make it a Make it a lifestyle. Yeah. We should make a book club. A book club. I feel like I say this every week. Yeah, That'd you say it a lot. That'd be a good book club book. Everyone should read it, and then we should discuss. Yeah. It would just be a lot of people all saying, well, <laughs> what was your perspective? Everybody being really nice to each other. Yeah. Every, nobody wanting to say their perspective. Yeah. They just want to uh, use all the tips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe that's something good one point. day that we could do. In, I don't know how we would do that with our listeners. Uh, a hardworking happy hour book club. Maybe like a Facebook group or something like that. Yeah. I think it would. I think that would be interesting. Maybe like a, like a Zoom meeting. Oh, a Zoom meeting. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to work those type of things. Hmm. I was never a corporate person. Just an idea. But do you know what time it is by any chance? Mm, type of secret question. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you weren't sure if I was talking about the real time yeah. or the. Yeah, I was talking about. It's time for the secret question of the week. Of the week. Do you have one? I do, but okay. I can't quite remember what it was. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was so. Uh, it was so right there on my mind. I thought of mm. it yesterday. Do you have oh, one? Oh, yes, I do. Um, I'll start. Okay. okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, like you said a couple minutes ago, you couldn't wait until you can just insert a chip into your brain, books in your brain already. Okay. Does the idea of artificial intelligence and the like terrify you or is that exciting to you? I think it's I, I think it's an exciting, terrifying proposition, you know? Elaborate. I think it's obviously um you know i think it's obviously coming to that like uh, mm-hmm. the world the t- world of technology is culminating in you know technology integrating with the human yeah 
It's like we're almost there with the phone. It's just like if it was a couple inches deeper under our skin, it would just be there. <laughs> but it's like it never leaves our side. Yeah. It's an extension of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, does it terrify me? To an extent, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think any anything that's unknown that's that's new, yeah, can be terrifying. You know, I think just like anything, it can be harnessed in the wrong ways and it can be used for terrible things. But uh, I think what you're really getting at, what I if Neuralink comes out and you can get a chip and plant it into your brain, am I going to do it? <laughs> yep, <laughs> for sure. Okay. Okay. Because if, if you don't, it's like, if that's available, some people are going to get it, and then they're going to, like, take over everybody else. Mm-hmm. You'll have to. Yeah, but then what if, like, the robots turn on you or whatever? You'll be a robot, so you'll be the one turning, <laughs> which would be perfect. Pick the side that's going to win. It's going to be the robots. <laughs> the robot side. What side true. are you on, yeah, Catherine? That's true. That's true. Like, Make a decision. the robot side. So I would say it, uh, that's exciting. You know, it's exciting to think like, okay, I could just download uh, this information onto my brain. Yeah. It's almost kind of like that. You can look up anything that you want in like two seconds, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And then once it's available to everybody, it just becomes like the norm. It would be really cool if only I had access to it. And then I could be smarter than everybody else. Mm -hmm. But once it's available to everybody, then it's just like, well, everybody just downloads the entire encyclopedia of human knowledge and then everybody's on the same playing field again. Yeah. So. Mm. Ah. Solid point. Future mm. world problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? Terrifying or exciting? Um, It's a little terrifying. I think that I will be dead and gone before anything like really? too, too terrifying happens. But oh, yeah. um, I was what <laughs> I, I was watching a TikTok of him being purposely like. If I'm being honest, it was a TikTok okay. that I got this information from. But somebody was going through, like, Queen Elizabeth just died. She was 96 years old. And they were t- going through her life and saying all of these, like, major world events that happened yeah. in her lifetime that we think of as just, like, just completely, like, distant, like, mm-hmm. historical, but, like, whatever. Like, we don't even think about those things as, like, in this lifetime. But, like, they really were not that long ago. And it seems like scientific advances, everything. Society has changed so much so quickly in the past 100 years that that's only going to accelerate. And the prospect of that is a little bit terrifying. Um, If I get too deep into it, it's a little terrifying. But for the most part, I think it's pretty cool if you just like insert a chip into your brain and like you just are way smarter. Or or if like you can like program like, no, I'm just really happy today. Today I'm really creative. Today I'm really, that'd be cool, I guess. That would be pretty cool. Something to think about. That is something to think about. Ah. All right. What's your question? My question mm-hmm. is, what is, this is, this is a really, really hot topic in the construction industry. Okay. It's on everybody's mind. <gasps> okay. Everybody's thinking about it every day. <gasps> they can't it? stop thinking about it from the <laughs> moment they get into work. It's the only thing that they can think about. What is it? The anticipation is killing me. What is for lunch? <laughs> It's all anybody in the trades cares about. What's for lunch? What are we doing for lunch today? So <laughs> that took a turn. <laughs> I was not expecting. It. What is your favorite? Uh, oh, well, I won't say favorite. What is what's what's the ideal workday lunch? So are we talking like ordered lunch or homemade lunch that I have brought? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say either or, but mm. you know we're taking into account you know. Uh, the delight that you have in eating it, but also mm, okay. the after effects, the afterburn. Yeah. Because, you know, today, you know what I had? I had pizza. Too heavy. Way too heavy. Much too heavy. Much too heavy. You I was a nap so after tired. Lunch. Yeah, that's a nap. That's a nap meal for sure. Yeah. So that that wouldn't make the cut for me. Pizza yeah. tastes good. I like it. Mm-hmm. But not when I have to go back to work, especially yeah. when it's hot out. So that is. It's like, what's the ideal? What's the ideal food that not only tastes great, Ooh. but energizes you gets you going mentally and physically the whole package this is this is a this is a much harder question than i was expecting we, um we ask the hard-hitting questions we do, yeah, yeah, we, we do uh the other day i was in a bit of a sad sad i was a sad sap and i got a sticky bun for for lunch yeah 10 out of 10 would recommend if you're sad but i didn't <laughs> need a nap after that that was 
that was probably the best lunch I've ever had at work, but also you did nap. The heaviest. You napped I in napped. The van. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. You weren't supposed to see that. Yeah. No, just kidding. Um, so there is there is that delight factor that you get into it. That, like you have to get to consider that. Yeah. Um, I really do feel like the bagged salads, though. We mm. do. I I get bagged salads. Sean gets bagged salads. You put a little chicken in those. Those are like the perfect work lunch, I would say, because it's light enough that it's enjoyable enough. It's light enough that you're not going to nap and it's like fuel for the rest of the day. So I'll go bagged salad as boring as that is. That is, you know, it's not that boring when you get the bagged salads because they always have like a nice little, uh, the one I like is the barbecue ranch, I think it is. Yeah. And it's got little bacon bits, mm. but it's got a yogurt dressing, so yeah. it's not too heavy. Mm-hmm. It's a healthy for you, Sal, but it's got a little bit of bacon bits and it's yeah. got a little bit of tortilla chips. Ooh, okay. Just enough. So you mix that all up. You add some chicken in there. It's it tastes good. They got they got all of the ratios figured out. Yeah, it's all in it's a pretty solid. all-encompassing package. Uh, it, is, it is. It is good fuel. Yeah, it's good fuel. All right, what's your favorite lunch? Well, that's a good one, and I have been doing those a lot. But I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna go with? Hmm. I'm gonna go with the old tried and true: hmm. carrots, hummus, <laughs> protein shake, and an apple. Oh, love boy. that. The people don't work with us, so they don't know that you've you have eaten that every single day for the past six months. But yeah, I eat that a lot. That's pretty much all. What I so my typical day of food up until I get home at night. That's when mm-hmm. like I actually do eat something different each day. Yeah. Sometimes, um, <laughs> I wake up if I work out in the morning. I'll have a protein shake and an apple afterwards. Then at lunch, I like to have uh, usually uh, baby carrots. A little cup of hummus, mm-hmm. uh, a protein shake, and usually string cheese. String cheese, yeah. And then I have a ride home meal, and usually that's <laughs> a protein shake and an apple. Yeah. <laughs> and then then I go home. <laughs> so it's a lot of protein shakes and lots of apples. Yeah. I just, I just like them. They taste good. Yeah. It's good fuel. Makes me feel good. I love it, a good crisp apple. A good crisp apple, like it's good because it's it's nice and it's filling enough. And it's also like got got a little bit of sugar in it, so it like it's a sweet it, treat. It wakes me up. It, it makes me mentally sharp. Yeah, like an axe. Okay. So I love that. All right. Well, we got it all figured out. We got it all figured out. I think I've gotten my squirreliness out for the day. What do you think? I, 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 yeah. Usually, <laughs> you know, usually we start out pretty calm and collected and end pretty squirrely. Yeah. I feel like we did the opposite. <laughs> I do feel like I needed to get that squirrely energy out and. I feel yeah. good about it. I yeah. feel calm. So that's, yeah, that could. Be, we didn't work together in the same place today, so maybe it was just uh, you know, yeah, that could be we it. hadn't talked to each other all day. Yeah, had to get all that squirreliness out up front. That makes sense. Yep. Well, all I right. think I think we've covered enough for this week. I think so too, Catherine. I had a question for you. Yeah. Um. Do you want to do this again next week, and we'll talk about a really interesting business topic? Yeah, I think. I think I could be into that. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have another great topic for you next week. If you could do us a huge favor and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps with the recommendations. It helps us do this. We don't have any sponsors. We don't have any money's coming in. We just do this out of the, I don't know, just because we're having fun. We enjoy it. Just because we enjoy it. So, if you could do that, that would be very much appreciated. But until next time, this has been the Hardworking Happy Hour. See you next week.